Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, my fellow Liberty lovers, wherever and whenever you're tuning in from. Today is Tuesday, October 24th, and today is episode 15 of the Living with Freedom show. I'm Amber S., and I bring to you a vision of what living a life of freedom can look like physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and in every aspect of life. This show is brought to you by Living with Freedom Ministries, an unincorporated private church and ministry where I help people discover and fulfill their God-given purpose, specifically through the creation of their own private ministry. And if you enjoy the Living with Freedom show or any of the Living with Freedom ministry activities, please consider a donation through PayPal using the ministries Living with Freedom at ProtonMail.com email. Your support helps keep this ministry's mission alive. And for those tuning in, I love to start out or at least include in the the weekly show a word of the day and a holiday of the day. Some of them are super fun and silly and random, like National Cake Decorating Day. Others are really deep and reflective. And some of them are somewhere in between. That's kind of where today's is. Today's holiday of the day is my best winter skin day. And I didn't do a whole lot of digging into the history of the day because I feel like it's it's pretty common sense about, uh, I shouldn't say about, for anyone who lives in northern states in the United States or really any northern region and any region that just gets cold winter weather. I assume most of our listeners are from the United States. Uh, Maybe I should not make that assumption. Um, But here in Wisconsin, it is late October, and we are starting to already see and feel the effects of the changes of season in our skin. Now, men, I know you're probably groaning. Yes, I'm a woman. Yes, I care about skincare. I know it's not a common thing for everyone. My dad was one who really dealt with a lot of dry, cracked skin in the winter. And so even for men, I do see the value in this, even if it's not as cosmetic as it would be for women. But anyways, I wanted to touch on for this concept of having my best winter skin and touch on a few of my favorite things that I've learned about skincare and things that we can use that are natural, that are actually healthy for our bodies, not putting on toxins to mask symptoms. And something that I learned, gosh, decade ago is myrrh oil. Yeah, you heard that right. Myrrh as in the stuff that Egyptians used, the stuff that, you know, is from the Bible, like frankincense and myrrh, that kind of myrrh. <laughs> 
And the little story that I want to share today is actually about the Egyptians and how they used myrrh for skincare. Now, in Egypt, they have the opposite problem we do here. Instead of cold and dry, they have hot and dry. Obviously, there's a lot of desert. So what they would do is in those tall hat things that Egyptians would wear, you know, when you think of ancient Egypt, you think of these Egyptians wearing those big tall black hat thingies. <laughs> in those, they would actually put myrrh, like myrrh resin. And as the sun would melt the myrrh resin in the hat, it would melt through the hat and down over their skin, protecting their skin from the elements. Now, yes, myrrh does have some really awesome properties to deal with free radicals in the sun. But for our purposes, knowing that it's just really hydrating, it has a lot of hydration. It does have protections against things like radicals, so it's got anti-inflammatory stuff going on. And if the Egyptians from ancient Egypt could use it, I'm pretty sure we can use it today. And actually, a lot of skincare products, especially the more natural ones, do use myrrh as an ingredient because of those healthy properties. Um, I do have a couple places that I like to get myrrh, or one, one primary one, an essential oil company. So for those listeners who would like to try having straight, pure myrrh, oh, these words are tongue twisters today again, but if you would like to Try using pure myrrh um, in your skincare routine for the winter. Hit me up. Feel free to send me an email at livingwithfreedom at protonmail.com. That's proton, P-R-O-T-O-N, like protons and electrons. And in the subject line, just put myrrh or essential oils. I don't like to share it um, through the ministry because I... I'm going to feel it through the company as um, my my personal self, not my, you know, ministry um, minister self. <laughs> so I like to try to keep these things a little bit separate. And, um, yeah, so that's for essential oil. But for modern times, for the people on the go who are like me, who just don't have time to be, DIYing all of your own skincare products or your hair care products, etc. I've been down that road. I've tried it. I do believe in it. I just don't have time. So if you're like me, you don't have time to be mixing and matching these concoctions for your skin and hair. Um, I honestly like to use just straight up coconut oil. I'll put it on before bed. Um, I actually do oil cleansing. So instead of using harsh soaps that strip your skin of its natural protective oils, I'll use something like coconut oil, slather it on, let it sit for a couple minutes, and then use a really warm, not hot so it feels like it hurts, but a really, really warm washcloth and gently, um, you know, wipe it away. And any excess just sits there for moisture. But I love it because it does break down a lot of the yuck in our skin, um, so it just it's a really awesome thing, very cheap and easy, and it's kind of a one-stop shop. If you prefer something that's a little more robust ingredient-wise, that's got a little bit more, um, you know, breadth and depth protection-wise for our skin, I definitely recommend checking out Tall Organics. Um, 
specifically their skin and scalp. I've gotten to test it out now and holy moly, if you want your skin to feel moisturized and hydrated and just decadent, um, totally recommend this stuff. It contains burdock root, lavender, calendula, rosemary, arnica, and comfrey. And if you know anything about natural health and wellness, all of those are chock-freaking-full of hydration and anti-inflammatory properties. And as a reminder, if you haven't tried Tall Organics, um, their hair or their skin products, I definitely recommend it. You can use the code AMBER20 to get 20% off your order. And the website is tall, like T-A-H-L, organics.net. Um, yeah, that's about all I have to say on that one. I could go on all day about health and wellness and skincare products. You know, staying hydrated instantly also can help a whole heck of a lot, especially when you're drinking pure, clean water. Um, sorry to say, pure, clean water does not come from the tap. City water, village water, not your best option. Well water if you've tested it and made sure that it doesn't have um, impurities, you know, infiltrated in it, awesome. But I highly recommend going with well or spring water if you can get it. Um, there's mixed reviews on re- reverse osmosis water. A lot of people like to re-add in the minerals that it's supposed to have because it does strip it of the good stuff water is supposed to have besides good old H2O. Um, but definitely stay away from the bottled water, the tap water. They're just not good options, unfortunately. And they can actually toxify our systems to make our, our skin, which is our biggest organ, have more issues. And personally, I've I've dealt with that. Um, I've never gone in and gotten tested to see what exactly my skin has a challenge with. But I do know between hormone imbalances, um, stress, which is cortisol, and, you know, toxicity, I do know that I face some challenges. So I'm always working to better my eating routine, my cleaning products, my skin and hair products to make sure that I'm treating my body as a temple, as God said, you know, our bodies are temple. So trying to treat my body right. If you want any help on this, I am not about sales. Honestly, like I share these affiliate links just because I I love these products, but I will never tell you you have to do anything or that you should do anything. I share what I love. And I also share a lot of things that I don't get a commission for. I don't get it, you know, in affiliate referral or anything for coconut oil, for instance. I'm sure I could find a company out there where I could. But you can get organic, unrefined coconut oil from your grocery store. I don't want to make this difficult. There's a lot of things we can do. You can grow rosemary in your own garden. And as long as you grow it organically in clean, healthy soil, um, you know, you could do a lot of these things on your own. A lot of people make their own tinctures. Like I said, I've been down that road of making my own things. I believe in it and I love it because it makes us more independent and free. And I also recognize that sometimes we just need to outsource and delegate to someone else to do something 
because we got bigger fish to fry. So anyways, that's why I share some of these products. It's not to make a buck. It's because I love these products and I've just been blessed to have this option um, as a thank you for sharing. So that's why I share. All right. So we've taken care of the holiday of the day, which is your best winter skin. And we're going to touch on the word of the the word of the day toward the end of today's episode because it kind of wraps up this whole concept of what we're talking about. And the topic of today is going to be mastery, being a master at one's craft. And <laughs> in full transparency, what sparked this was death scrolling Facebook reels this morning. If you're not familiar with what death scrolling is, According to UrbanDictionary.com, and I'm paraphrasing because I closed the tab, but it's basically just mindlessly scrolling Facebook or any social media or any content to the point that you know you shouldn't be, but you do it to the point of exhaustion. So really, you allow yourself to kind of become hypnotized in the process of just digesting and, and consuming content, even though you know you shouldn't. So full disclosure, full transparency, I was I was death scrolling this morning. The blessing out of it was I came across, or rather what came across me, was this clip of a basketball player, and it was Steph Curry of the Golden State Warriors dribbling and finding a dead spot in the court. Now, I don't know if I've told you guys, I think I have, I am not a sports person, like, whatsoever. I legit had to ask who the player in this video was because I'm not a sports fan, like, at all. I know nothing about sports. I shouldn't say nothing. I know very, very little. So that being said, seeing this scene, um, even someone like me can still have a healthy respect for masters of their craft. And here's why. Someone like me, who is terrible at virtually all sports, I can swim. I'm a good swimmer. I will toot my own horn on that one. I'm not like Olympic level, but if our high school had competitive swimming, I would have kicked butt. We'll put it that way. (laughs) So, but swimming, like once you learn how to swim, there's just, it's not like there's a lot of rules to swimming like there are in basketball, at least none at the high school level, in gym class, in, um, oh, uh, you know, synchronized swimming, in lifeguarding. Yeah, there's some rules, but they're so static, they become just memorized. I, I don't liken swimming to most other sports. Maybe you do. <laughs> But what I'm saying is someone who knows virtually nothing about any sports would have missed this whole concept in the video as operator error. Um, He was dribbling the ball, and one dribble, the ball just got away from him. And I would have looked at that as operator error, meaning, oh, I suck. It was my fault. Curry, he is so expert level that he knew beyond a shadow of a doubt 
that he knows how to dribble and where that ball is and should be every second. So if an error occurs, like it did in this video, he knew immediately whether or not it was his fault or some external force. He was immediately able to diagnose that there was a dead spot. And so he went back dribbling over that area to find the exact spot and then inform someone. And I went to YouTube to try to find out when this happened. This particular video appears to have happened within the last roughly six months. Um, but it looks like when I was searching YouTube, it looks like there are other examples of him doing this exact thing. Dribbling and finding a dead spot. And what I found so fascinating about this was in the comments, so I won't take full credit, someone in the comments in the Facebook video um, basically said, what if we all were such masters of our craft? What if we knew our craft so well, like we owned it with every fiber of our being, we eat, we sleep, and we breathe that thing, and we know it inside, outside, upside down, and backwards so well that within a split second, we know what went wrong. We know the answer to the challenge, to the question. Now I get it. If you're a stay-at-home parent, complex, because you're not only dealing with things that either work or don't work, you're dealing with other humans, and particularly dealing with tiny humans, tiny humans who have not fully developed and matured. I mean, some studies say that the brain does not fully develop until age like 25, and I'm 34, so what does that say about me, right? <laughs> I digress. But knowing as a, as a parent, especially as a stay-at-home parent, but any parent, it, knowing that you're dealing with underdeveloped maturity and, and, you know, brain cognition and all of these things, we adapt what we do, or at least we should. We should have separate expectations for our kids that are still growing and developing than we would for another adult. And yet we can still have the same level of respect, whether you're dealing with someone who is 2, 12, 20, or 82, right? So we can still use a lot of respect, but these things are not something we're born with. We have to learn them. There are so many amazing books and resources. Um, Oh, I don't know where it went. I was looking for, I have a lot of really interesting and fascinating parenting books, but I can't find the one I was looking for. So I must have moved it to a different bookshelf. I have like seven different bookshelves in my house. So <laughs> it's, a, it's in one of them. Um, so let's kind of bring this back around. What does this concept of mastery have to do with living with freedom? I'm glad you asked. Well, at least hopefully you're asking that. <laughs> First, I want to start with a series of quotes from founding fathers that really give us a clue as to why mastery is important and really why it's important to every single citizen, not just people who feel like they're supposed to do something in politics or civic engagement and, and that kind of stuff. Why Mastery in civics really is vital for all of us. So, quote number one, no people will tamely surrender their liberties, 
nor can any be easily subdued when knowledge is diffused and virtue is preserved. On the contrary, when people are universally ignorant and debauched in their manners, they will sink under their own weight without the aid of foreign invaders. And that was from Samuel Adams. I love this quote so much because it's really talking about the personal responsibility it takes to protect our liberties. It is nobody else's responsibility except our own to protect our liberties. And I had to do a little digging because I'll be honest, the way we use the word diffused today, I was kind of thinking it meant when knowledge is um, diluted, right? But what they're talking here talking about here is when you diffuse something, you disperse it, you share it, you spread it out, so it gets everywhere. So when we look at the word diffused in this context, when knowledge is diffused, they're talking about when knowledge is everywhere, when everyone has the knowledge, and virtue is preserved. Virtue is our morality. It's our sense of moral compass. And we'll touch on that a little bit later. But when virtue is preserved... So this touches on something we're we're really going to dive into. Um, But to maintain our liberties, we must have virtue. We must have morality. And I found it interesting, too, that when people are universally ignorant and debauched in their manners. So when we lose our sense of morality because we're not taught biblical truths, we're not taught the Ten Commandments as a whole, as a society, When we're not taught the truths that we're supposed to know, our history, the true history, not the opinionated version of history, the abridged version of history that they want us to know. When we know real truth, we will be able to hold our own weight and protect our own liberties. But when we don't have those things, when we are ignorant, when we're debauched in our manners, We'll sink under our own weight. We don't need, you know, foreign invaders, you know, domestic scary people. I'm trying to not say certain trigger words because I don't want us to get in trouble. I don't know if we have to be too sensitive here. But um, those terror-causing people, we don't need those kinds of people to sink if we stay ignorant. All right, quote number two, the advancement and diffusion of knowledge is the only guardian of true liberty. And this is James Madison. So James Madison and Samuel Adams were basically saying the same thing. James Madison just said it in a a much more abbreviated way. The advancement and diffusion of knowledge is the only guardian of true liberty. Again, they're saying knowledge is the only way that we can fight for for our rights and our liberties. Quote number three, knowledge will forever govern ignorance. And the people who mean to be their own governors must arm themselves with the power which knowledge gives. James Madison. This totally ties into, you know, knowledge is power and without knowledge we have no power. If we want to have power over our liberties, we must have knowledge and not only have it, act on it. Quote four, a well-informed citizenry is the best defense against tyranny. Thomas Jefferson, well-informed citizenry 
When we don't know, if we don't know, we can't do anything about it. We certainly can't do any better. Tyranny happens when people track of knowledge, when we aren't taught what we're supposed to be taught and we don't seek it out. Tyranny happens when propaganda happens, when feelings and emotions are the driving force behind decision-making. And this is why when we start talking about politics versus um, civics, we need to focus on civics. What is truth? What are the core foundations that we need to stay true to and check and balance everything against that? And this is why when we are voting, whether it's for our village president or the president of the United States, we must check everything that they say they stand for or don't stand for against the constitutions, which is the Constitution of the United States of America, which is your state constitution, and as a believer, your Bible. Your Bible really is your first constitution. That's the only way we can fight against tyranny is to maintain our sense of knowledge. And that's why digitizing all of this information is so dangerous. If you have never read the book 1984, I highly recommend doing it. If you are not a big reader or you just don't have time to read, like sit down and read a physical book or an ebook, there is an audio book for the book 1984. Download it and listen to it while you're driving, while you're working out, um, while you're doing the dishes, whatever. But listen and read 1984, and you will see why digital content is so incredibly dangerous, especially now with AI. I refuse. As, as long as I know when AI is being used and when I have an option to use it or not use it, I refuse to use AI. Even if it makes life easier, even if it makes content creation more simple. Because I refuse to feed the beast. I'm not saying this is like the mark of the beast kind of beast, but it is a monster. And especially when you look at 1984 in this dystopian kind of setting, this is what AI is. It's artificially creating information so we will no longer be able to know what's truth and what's not unless we have hard copies. So I would say even if you're not a big reader of books, get books. Build your own library because we don't need to have virtual and digital book burning. We need to maintain these copies. All right, next quote, quote number five. It is the first responsibility of every citizen to question authority. Benjamin Franklin. Um, question. How can you question authority if you don't know what they're supposed to be doing or how they're supposed to be acting? We need to have knowledge to be able to question authority. And that's why it's our responsibility. Nobody will self-govern checks and balances of accountability. This is why it's so hard for most people to to do anything, whether it's work for themselves, um, keep a tidy home, um, act responsibly, not steal, without accountability. 
Now, I'm not saying we should be having an external force to to make us be accountable. Our faith can do that, too. But when it comes to people in government who are appointed, who are elected to do a certain job, they work for us. We are their boss, and we should be telling them what to do and not do and taking action if they don't act properly. All right, last quote, and then we will pause for a commercial break. Quote number six, the only thing that is more expensive than education is ignorance. Here's a simple example. I once dated a guy in college who could not even, literally did not even know how to change his own windshield wipers. Now, I'm a rural girl. I'm a country girl. Like, I didn't grow up in the country, but I grew up in a town of 500. So compared to a lot of people, that's close enough to country to count, right? I don't change my own oil, but I know how. And I do change my own wipers. And I want you guys to think about how expensive is it to pay somebody else to do something that you should know how to do? I get we also have to calculate time in here, too, which is why I don't change my own oil, even though I am capable of it. I've had to weigh the cost of my time versus the cost it takes to pay someone else to do it. But the cost to pay someone to change my wipers for me is not, it doesn't outweigh the cost to just do it myself. And that's just a really simplistic example. In the context of what we're talking about here, living with freedom, it is so much more expensive um, to, to have, to be in ignorance because then we have to pay it in terms of being in servitude, of submission, of slavery, of being told what to do by somebody else. We don't actually have liberty and freedom when we are living ignorantly because we have to be relying on somebody else for permission and being told what to do. All right, we're going to pause here, and after the commercial break, we will be back for segment two. Stay tuned. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever and whenever you're tuning in from, my fellow Liberty lovers. This is Amber S. from Living with Freedom Ministries, reminding you to tune in on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Central, noon Pacific time, for the Living with Freedom show, where we'll embrace what living with freedom can look like physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and in everyday life. That's 2 p.m. Central, noon Pacific, here on Freedomizer Radio. Looking for something different? Looking for something fun? Join Dan every Monday on the Freedomizer Network, 9 to 10.30 Pacific, noon to 1.30 Eastern, for Common Sense with the educated redneck, Dan Ellison, the show about everything and nothing at all. Please check out the Barefoot is Legal radio show right here on Saturdays, 1.30 p.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern Time, that is 10.30 a.m. to noon Pacific Time, 
as we show you all about your barefoot rights and living a barefoot lifestyle. And for more information about the 501c3 nonprofit Barefoot is Legal, please check out barefootislegal.org. Hello, Freedomizers. I am Broccoli Man. When I am not fighting crime, I listen to the Proof Negative radio show. I am the Wire River. Not only do I forbid you to listen to Freedomizer Radio and the Proof Negative Radio Show, I am going to demand you wear a mask and get your naked body scan. We need to protect the one world government. You getting the real information hurts a crime syndicate. Do not listen to Proof Negative. You must now disrobe this instant so I can check your person for a constitution or cash money. Anyway, listen to Proof Negative on Freedomizer Radio. Weeknights 9 p.m. to midnight Eastern, 6 to 9 p.m. Pacific Time. FreedomizerRadio.com All right, welcome back. If you are someone who is living out your purpose and your truth, and you want to make sure that you're protected, your privacy is protected, the activities you do um, serving others is protected, a PMA or ministry might be the right option for you. If you're interested in learning more about PMAs, private membership associations, please visit go.livingwithfreedom.org backslash PMA. And you'll get access to a PMA intro video, which is like 10 minutes long, the full 25-minute PMA webinar, and also get access to a free consultation with me to discuss your options and really talk about your vision and your mission and see what, um, you know, what the best option is for you. That's go.livingwithfreedom.org backslash PMA. All right. Back to segment two. In segment one, we talked about the holiday of the day, which is my best winter skin day. And we talked about, you know, some awesome products and ingredients that really support healthy skin, especially in the winter season as we are entering that here in the Northern Hemisphere. And we also talked about the topic of the day, which is mastery. So we're kind of taking a little bit of a break from really from the first Continental Congress so we can talk about this because when we're not focused on mastery and foundations, we're really just going based on opinions and feelings and we're not getting a solid foundation on truth, on history, so that we can make wise decisions moving forward. And I've I've said it before, I'll say it many times, if knowledge is power, and without knowledge we have no power, when we know better, we can do better. (coughs) Excuse me. So last week, we ran out of time finishing sharing my takeaways from seeing Chris Ann Hall give her Liberty First seminar. And one thing I wanted to share, I'll probably share a few things still, but one things I wanted to share related to the topic of the day is that she too is a huge proponent for mastery of knowledge and she's written many books, created several courses to help us master liberty-based knowledge. I'm going to just move my notes from her course over here. 
All right. One of the books that I purchased at her event was a book called Bedtime Stories for Budding Patriots, Sowing the Seeds of Liberty by Chris Ann Hall. And as we continue to dive into the First Continental Congress, because we're not quite done yet, we're close. We were supposed to wrap up this week, I believe, but I want to make sure that we kind of finish up um, building foundations on why they were doing what they were doing, how they were doing it, etc. Um, so as we continue to dive into the First Continental Congress and what they were debating, I want to pause the conversation and explore these foundations. Because uh, they were using these same foundations when they were having these conversations. First of all, all of our founding fathers were men of faith and touted the benefits of the Bible being taught in schools for people of any faith system because it teaches the basics, really the foundations of our moral compass that makes liberty possible. Liberty does not exist in the absence of morality, says Edmund Burke. I'm going to repeat that. Liberty does not exist in the absence of morality. So this is kind of the difference between liberty and freedom and why I really do my best not to use the word freedom when we're talking about liberty. Liberty, I mean, freedom is really just having the ability to do whatever you want, however you want, whenever you want, wherever you want. But the problem with that is that has no limits. So if you wanted to go hurt someone very badly or even take their life, yeah, you have the freedom to do that. But the morality that comes with liberty means you shouldn't and you don't have the right. You don't have the liberty to infringe on somebody else's rights and liberties. I prefer to live in a society that has liberty over just, you know, running amok freedom. Um, if you give me a second, I'm going to see why I keep hearing vehicles. Anyways, that was weird. <laughs> So as we continue to grow and move in our God-given purpose, let's make sure that we are rapidly becoming masters of our craft. And I firmly believe becoming a master means a constant journey of exploration and digging deeper. We will never be done, you know, diving and uh, digging deeper. So to become a master is not to say you're complete. It's it's really having the humility to know that um, the more you know, the real, the more you realize you don't know. <laughs> and I, I kind of butchered that quote, but it's true. The more we start to learn about something, the more we realize how little it is that we actually know. And it's, it's humbling and it's also really um, not empowering I would say motivating because when you realize that there's more to learn so that you can understand something better or comprehend something better, it does have this energizing aspect to it. Yes, it can also feel kind of depressing like, oh my gosh, I thought I understood this, but now there's this wrench thrown in it and I feel like I don't get it at all. (laughs) 
I've had those days. I, I continue to to this day. And I probably will many times moving forward. So I want to just touch on two areas of our lives where we can really dig deeper um, in in becoming masters of our craft. So in our faith, obviously that's reading your sacred text, the Bible. This is our moral compass and our core foundation in truth with a capital T. And I want to say, don't put your energy into listening to someone else tell you about the Bible. Again, if you're more of a listener than you are a reader, find an actual audio book that will read to you the Bible word for word. Because when we start to rely on other people's interpretations, things get diluted. Things get misinterpreted. We need to know what it says for ourselves. What I've been doing for more than the last year is every morning, and I downloaded a Bible app on my phone, so I can also kind of cross-check between versions of the Bible. The one that I love to read is, I think, the Christian Standard, mostly because I want to just be able to get through the Bible and what it says for the first time with ease. There are some times I'm like, that doesn't quite sound right. And usually it's a term that's that's been modernized. So I'll go back to the 1599 Geneva Bible. I think that's what it is. Um, and then I'll also cross-check with the, oh, what's it called? Hang on a second. Oh, the Amplified, I think it is. Do-do-do. Let me go in here. Yeah, the Amplified Bible. So those are just a couple different versions that I often use. One version that I'm actively looking for, though, is a complete set of Aramaic to English translation. And not only just of the Bible itself, but also the book of Mary Magdalene, the Dead Sea Scrolls, um, the book of Enoch, and more. So I don't rely on one version to be the ultimate truth because just in the act of translating, there will always be, you know, mistranslations or weak translations. So when you cross-reference your verses across different ones, then you at least have a better chance at getting a better understanding of the original intent. But since most of us don't read or speak these original languages, Aramaic, Hebrew, Greek, Latin, etc. It's really difficult for us to get the original intent without already relying on man's interpretation. Regardless, though, like I said, do your best not to rely on someone else. Yes, listening to preachers or pastors or ministers can be inspiring, but don't let it be your only way of digesting the Bible. Because most often today, what I see preachers do, pastors do, is they will nitpick single verses or even parts of verses I've, I've heard and I've seen to fit a certain narrative. And that is not what Jesus wanted. It's not what God wants. And it's not how the Bible is supposed to be read. It's not how any of our constitutions and founding documents were supposed to be read. 
they were supposed to be read in context. So if you didn't know how the world was functioning in 2000 BC, you know, during some Old Testament, you know, story, you don't necessarily realize the purpose that they had for certain things. So yes, reading the Bible, reading our, our spiritual uh, constitution is a journey in and of itself. But it's so worth it when you start to dig in. I mean, just today, I was reading and I'm in, let's see. I'm just, oh, and what I've been doing too is I'll read between one and three or four chapters a day, depending on their length, depending on how many like verses I find um, notable. And the ones that I wrote down today um, that I want to make a note of with you guys is Acts 20, 34, and 35. It says, you, and this is Paul talking after, after Jesus came and went, um, it's, he says, you yourselves know that I worked with my hands to support myself and those who are with me. And even that verse in and of itself has to do with what we're talking about, becoming masters of your trade, of your, of your craft. He worked with his own hands to support himself and others. And then, and then verse 35 says, in every way I've shown you that it's necessary to help the weak by laboring like this. And to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, because he said, it is more blessed to give than receive. And I found this to be really inspiring. This might be one that I create as, you know, a, a beautiful graphic and print out and post in my home. Because it's inspiring. And not in the way of, of um, self-sacrifice in the sense of, again, being a slave and, and being in servitude to others, we're being, you know, we're serving God through helping others. And it also means taking care of ourselves. He supported himself and others. And that's important. When we don't have knowledge, when we don't become a master of our trade, we cannot support ourselves. And this is another reason why so many people who know their God-given purpose become entrepreneurs. They work for themselves. They start their own ministries because they realize they cannot fulfill that God-given purpose by working for somebody else. Not really. I mean, yes, we can work for someone else's ministry, but likely it's because we believe in that ministry so much that it's actually part of our God-given purpose too. And instead of recreating the wheel, we're teaming up with someone else who's, you know, created this environment where we can live out our purpose. So if you're someone who feels like working with someone else just isn't working, maybe it's because you're meant to you know, step on in your own, on your own, build your own network of, of like-minded individuals, all fulfilling, you know, your God-given purpose. So that's our faith and how we can become a master in that craft. In civics, personally, I recommend starting with the following. 
reading the Constitution of the United States and the Bill of Rights for yourself. There are free resources all over the internet. To, you know, if if we need to, there's also little pocket books that you can get. I think from Wall Builders. I don't remember. I'll have to look that up. But you can also get a little pocket reference that has the Constitution, the Declaration, the Bill of Rights, and I feel like one other thing, but I could be wrong. In this little pocket-sized book, and I think that's so awesome that you can just take it with you. You can get a pack of them and just give them to people when you start random conversations. Like when Chris Ann Hall, last week, I think I, I told you that she had recommended people schedule time every week to just have conversations with people, not about politics, but about civics, about liberty, and see how many hearts are opened, how many doors are opened through these conversations. And you know what? Through those conversations, you can then share those pocket constitutions. It's not like you're being a door-to-door evangelist. You're just being an, a human functioning out in the world, being friendly, starting conversations with people. And if the conversation leads to opening the door where you can share something with them, you have that resource. Anyways, I highly recommend starting with the Constitution of the United States of America and the Bill of Rights, which is the first 10 amendments. And then I would absolutely be reading your state constitution. Most of these state constitutions, you guys, were written in everyday English. They're not written in legalese. And most of them start out with like Article 1 being your Bill of Rights for your state or in your state. Other resources I recommend are the 1100 Charter of Liberties and the Magna Carta. These were the two, two of the first, I should say. These were two of the first actual documented promises between the kings and their people to to treat their people right, to not steal from them, not take their money or their property, um, not to be bullies. And these things, now granted, at the time the delegates at the First Continental Congress were meeting, we didn't have constitutions yet for our, our country and our states. But they had their Bible. They had their 1100 Charter of Liberties, the Magna Carta, um, the Petition of Rights with the whole grand um, remonstrance, I think is how you say it. Um, And then there's, what was the other one? Uh, The Bill of Rights of 1689. All of these things, you guys, were what our founding fathers leaned on to know what worked and what didn't work. And we can know these things, too. After this, go ahead and start reading the Federalist and Anti-Federalist papers. Go ahead and read the letters that our founding fathers and mothers were writing to each other. Get an idea of what it is they were thinking about and intending when they were doing these things 200-plus years ago. Now, I know in other areas of life, there are so many more resources to become a master of one's craft. But since our liberties pertain to every single one of us, the above-mentioned things 
are, or I should say the aforementioned things, <laughs> the aforementioned things are things we all must become masters of unless we want to be slaves and live in submission and servitude. And I'm telling you, I don't want to live like that. Yes, it's easier in a lot of ways. Being told what to do, what not to do. It means we don't have to think as hard. We don't have to adult as much. It's not how I want to live, though. I'd rather work a little harder and know that my rights are protected and that I'm getting to live the life I want to live, how I want to live it, than deal with, you know, not being allowed to do it, do what I want to be doing, do what I'm meant to be doing. All right, we're going to pause here. This is a good pausing point for the next commercial break. The first thing I want to share during our second break is the How to Win in Court Without a Lawyer course. And I'm copying something over here. Paste. When taking back your rights, please don't leave the biggest part in the hands of someone who is not even going to fight for you and your rights. This course does just that. It teaches you how to take back your rights. Dr. Grave teaches you what he's learned over his many years as a lawyer so you can protect and defend yourself. To take the How to Win in Court Without a Lawyer course, visit howtowinincourt.com question mark refer code equals SH0024. S is in Sam, H is in Henry, 0024. All right, we're going to pause and do the rest of our commercials. Please check out the Proof Negative radio show, Monday through Thursday, 9 p.m. to midnight Eastern. That is 6 to 9 p.m. on the Pacific Coast with excellent co-host, outstanding guests, and lots of great conversation. We can even take your calls. The number is 319-527-6208. And just press lucky number one, and you will be on the Proof Negative radio show. We talk a lot about the kingdom here, and we talk a lot about what most churches are afraid to talk about or don't even know to talk about, which is what the first century church was really doing. But just talking about it is not enough. We encourage everybody to join us uh, in their local neighborhoods, in their local communities, to find out more about what they can do to seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Gather with others who are already starting this road or starting to turn around and do things differently. Join us on thelivingnetwork.org or at hisholychurch.org. Go to the network links. Or go to preparingyou.com. Join the network there. It's all the same. And we'll try to hook you up with people in your local area. They will not be perfect. They don't walk on water. They are not necessarily saints. But they are talking about seeking the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And join us on Facebook. Facebook Facebook.com. His Holy Church. All one word. Join us there. We'll give you updates so you can start doing some studying and thinking about these things and start looking into these things for yourselves. But it's just not enough 
to sit and listen or to talk about or to say. He must become a doer of the word. Looking for something different? Looking for something fun? Join Dan every Monday on the Freedomizer Network, 9 to 10.30 Pacific, noon to 1.30 Eastern, for Common Sense with the educated redneck, Dan Ellison. The show about everything and nothing at all. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever and whenever you're tuning in from, my fellow Liberty Lovers. This is Amber S. from Living with Freedom Ministries, reminding you to tune in on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Central, noon Pacific Time, for the Living with Freedom Show, where we'll embrace what living with freedom can look like physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and in everyday life. That's 2 p.m. Central, noon Pacific, here on Freedomizer Radio. happened there but um it was supposed to end saying and in everyday life (laughs) so not sure why it got cut off but sometimes technology does goofy things all right this is segment three in our final segment of the living with freedom show today is tuesday october 24th and again this is episode uh episode 15 If you are just tuning in, we first talked about the holiday of the day, which is my best winter skin, talked about some of my favorite things to use and to do with my skin to keep it healthier for winter. We also introduced the topic of the day, which is mastery, becoming a master of our craft. And sometimes, I want to add, sometimes when we're fulfilling our God-given purpose, and we are being led to do many things, it can feel really difficult and, frankly, darn near impossible to know what our craft is. I have had so stinking many business coaches and mentors tell me to pick one thing and just do it and just go for it. And the problem with that is God's called me to do greater things. I'm not just meant to sell essential oils or health and wellness stuff. I'm not just meant to help with my family's ministry um, in the brick and mortar, you know, things that we do. I am not just meant to be a mom. I am meant to do all of these things and integrate them together so that other people can see how they can integrate all aspects of their life too. And that's my purpose. That is who I am. And so trying to put me into a box and really cut off parts of who I am to fit this pretty little package of of my business opportunity or whatever just is so cringy. It is. It's cringy. And there's other words I'll use, but, you know, I won't won't (laughs) continue down that. But anyways, as I've said a couple times through the show today, when we don't know what we don't know, we must rely on someone or something else to tell us. 
what to do, how to do it, etc., where we're allowed to do it. And when we put that kind of trust and responsibility in someone other than ourselves, the odds of being manipulated and taken advantage of become imminent. It's not even odds of more likely than not likely. It's imminent that at some point we will be manipulated and taken advantage of. It's no longer a matter of if it'll happen, but when it will happen. Every issue, every question we face today, when we boil it down, the founders really already considered it and wrote extensively about it. So when we're talking about things we didn't know that we didn't know, that's why learning our history is so important because they have already studied this stuff. So when we don't know what we don't know, as we start to learn what they knew and what they learned, then we start to think about things we never thought we needed to think about. That's a lot of thinking, right? Most of us growing up, we thought it was the government's job to protect our rights. And while yes, it is, we have to protect our rights because they have a couple, a couple of things that they're supposed to do. And it's not so much them protecting our rights, but us protecting our rights from them overreaching and taking our rights, our power. And we can see (laughs) it is very evident, even in the first, gosh, probably 20 years of our country, that people were acting immorally and already starting to try to take rights from others. So as we talk about taxes, economics, morality, um, laws and regulations, every one of these things our founders already touched on. Nothing new is under the sun. There's nothing new under the sun. Yes, it might be packaged differently than we're used to seeing it packaged, but there's nothing new under the sun if we dig deep enough and boil it down to the core concepts. And it's really up to us then to put on the full armor of God, put on our big girl and boy pants, and start adulting, honestly, like start really adulting. Take a stand and take action. No one's going to do it for us. And this is why, this is what bothers me so much about um, a certain letter, a (laughs) non-group, Um, they have been teaching people, sit back and watch the show, get the popcorn, the show is starting, or, you know, we're watching one big movie. Um, there's the white hats, there's, you know, a certain former president is still our president and is our, our, you know, commander in chief. And, um, this is all to uncover stuff. All of these stories, they're being, you know, they're telling us. Whether or not it's true, because honestly, I've been down that rabbit hole. I had to pull myself out for my sanity and to live my life because I can't keep waiting kind of thing. All of these things, even if they're true, I came to realize I'm at the point where I'm open to the possibility everything is real, but also open to the possibility it's all a lie. And that's because Hollywood and CGI and AI 
they've already started manufacturing so much. And when you start to realize, like, all of the news stories, they all are saying the same thing. They're all mimic, you know, they're all mimes saying the same thing. Um, and mimicking each other. So what that means is it's up to us to do something about it. We cannot sit back and eat the popcorn and watch the show. There's no one coming to save us. We must ourselves. And when you actually start to look at the Constitution and look at the founding and the framing of this country, you'll see that there are lies that have been told by that movement that are not true. At least the way our country was designed are not supposed to be true and if they are they're very unconstitutional and if something is unconstitutional I don't think I want it it's a very slippery slope you guys and I'm not telling you what to believe you have to do the research for yourself and get you know get down on your knees with God and really dive deep is this true is it true for me what should I be doing about this those questions are vital. I guarantee none of us should be sitting on our butts, minding our own business, letting things happen. We need to be contacting our senators and our representatives on the daily and telling them, do not vote for this, vote for that, etc. Because if they don't know what it is we want them to do, how can we even expect them to act on our behalf. If they are our representatives, we owe it to them to tell them what it is they're supposed to be doing. If they don't listen, then we take action. But our first action is to first tell them what the heck we want. They're not mind readers, you guys. And we keep bugging them and we keep bugging them until they give us the time of day, until they give us actual time and conversation to hear us, we the people. So no more sitting on our butts, on our thumbs, waiting for something to happen, waiting for a white knight to come save us. No more, you guys. This week, today, I want you to look up when your village or your city board meeting is, when your county board meeting is. When your school board meeting is, even if you don't have kids or don't have kids that are school age, show up because those kids are our future. And if we don't want a really nasty, messy future, we have to be making sure they're being taught what they should be being taught and not agenda-based crap. But the only way we can do that is if we ourselves first build our knowledge base. And that's by learning our constitutions, learning our history. And honestly, it's not always easy. I highly, highly recommend taking Chris Ann Hall's Liberty First Society course. There's not any, even an affiliate with that one. So I still recommend it. Go take her course. She's always adding content. And she is by far the best teacher on liberty and history that I know. And I've been digging into a lot of people's resources. And they're good, but she's better. And the reason is she breaks it down into everyday language that we can understand. 
and that's what I love. There's no trying to make us come up to meet her. She's coming down to meet us where we're at. And she's very active on Facebook and other social media. If we have questions, we can reach out and they will actually answer. And the other cool thing is she gives references to everything she quotes and talks about. So she's talking about the Magna Carta. She's going to tell you so you can go look it up yourself. (coughs) Choking on my own saliva there. So don't take her word for it. Don't take my word for it. Study and learn it for yourself so you know beyond a shadow of a doubt what is true for you. You know it inside and outside, inside, outside, upside down, backwards. You have become a master of this knowledge so that when something is out of place, like the dead spot on that basketball court, you know it instantly and can point it out and know the truth. So the reason I've held back on the word of the day is because this kind of wraps it all up into one package. The word of the day is abridge, to reduce or contract, to diminish or curtail, usually spoken of written language. See abridgment. And then they also do, under abridge, give a copyright law definition, but I'm going to skip that. Under abridgment, it's the condensation and contraction an epitome or commendium of another and larger work where the principal ideas of the larger work are summarily contained. Summarized. I'm not even going to continue. A bridge and abridgment, all they mean is to summarize or a summary. You might have heard of an abridged version of yada yada book, right? Did you know? that an abridged version of the book is not the actual book itself. It's a shortened version, which again, just like I was telling you about relying on pastors and preachers telling you about the Bible versus you reading it for yourself, you're getting an abridged version. You're getting a summarized version, which can often be misinterpreted because of human error. So as we read our constitutions and all of these founding and framing documents, letters from the founders and, and, you know, the framers, the, the founding fathers and mothers, as we're reading these things, do not rely on abridged versions because they are not the whole truth and nothing but the truth. They're an interpretation of the truth, a shortened, condensed version. And when we try to shortcut our way lives are actually on the line here. So the rest of the definition for abridgment, I am going to read that part now. (laughs) Abridgments of the law are brief digests. So like reader's digests, which is like a summary, are brief digests of the law arranged alphabetically. In this context, the term digest has generally supplanted that of abridgment. See also abstract, head note, syllabus, etc. As used in the First Amendment, it means nothing, um, it means neither more nor less than what is originally 
what it originally means. Abridgment occurs when legislative, oh my gosh, words. Abridgment occurs when legislative act either suppresses or substantially interferes with free speech. So really, whenever you see the word abridged, your light bulb should be going off. There should be a bell in your head, alarming, ding, 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 that this is a modified, summarized, condensed version and may not be the entire truth and that we need to dig deeper. We must, 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 must get out of this concept of shortcutting our way. You know, if you're on social media, you know that for years now, the most popular thing to see is hacks. Oh, I have a hack for this. Basically, a hack is, an, is a shortcut, is an easier, shorter way of doing something. So we've gotten into this habit of this concept of doing hacks. Even in high school, for those of us millennials and younger, our hack was to use cliff notes to get a summary of a book without having to read the whole book for ourselves. In hindsight, we did ourselves the worst disservice ever. And now I wish resources like Cliff Notes kind of didn't exist. As, as much as I hate to say it. For the rest of this month, I'm going to invite you to join me in cutting. If you still watch TV or some other form of entertainment, maybe music, whatever. I'm going to invite you to replace one hour a week for the rest of the month. And for those of you who watch TV daily, like hours of TV daily, for you I'm going to invite you and challenge you to take one hour a day, but at minimum one hour a week, and replace that one hour with learning how to defend and uphold your rights and liberties, reading these documents. I like to do my reading, my deep, in-depth reading in the morning because that motivates me and sets me on the right foot for the day. So at 5 or 5.30 in the morning, I will wake up and read my Bible. And then after that, I will do some journaling and some movement. And then once everyone's off to work or off to school, whatever, I will do a little bit more reading, whether it's the Constitution, whether it's um, some other legal or lawful-based book or, you know, Black's Law Dictionary, which is where I get the definitions for the word of the day. But I've had to train myself that my liberty is worth fighting for. I believe it's Orwell, um, but others have also said, entertainment, especially as we know it today, but even in ancient Rome, entertainment was created to distract the masses. So next time you watch football, you know, like Monday Night Football, or next time you watch, and I'm guilty of this, next time you watch The Voice <laughs> or America's Got Talent. I'm not poo-pooing on these things. 
you know, we can still find entertainment. We just need to balance it. Just like when we eat healthy, it should be at minimum 80-20, 80% healthy to 20% not so healthy. We need to think about our days like that too. 80% learning and truth seeking and truth doing to 20%. Something we had to do in college for my communication studies courses was um, to keep track of how we were spending our day. So for, I think it was 20, let's see. I think it was for two or three days, we had to track pretty much every minute of our day. We had to track and tally every single time we checked our phone, we checked our texts, social media, email, um, I'm trying to think of any of the other things that we had to track, but basically any of that kind of thing. Anytime we watch TV, listen to the radio, and we had a chart that we had to mark it down on. And after that two to three days of tracking, then we had a 24-hour break from technology. It was like a blackout, right? So we could use a we could turn the lights on, right? We could use heat. But we had a 24-hour ban on phones, on TV, on radio, on any technology, basically. And I'll tell you, the first time I had to do that assignment, it was so stinking difficult. And I need to do it again because I realize how, how addicted I am. And that's the point of it. They make it addicting. Just like sugar is actually worse for our bodies and our brains than cocaine, which is already pretty dang bad for our bodies and our brains. But they've made it like a sugar addiction. We can't get enough and we can't let go. We can't stop it. Until we become conscious of the problem. Football will be there next week. It'll be there next month. It'll be there next year. But your rights and your liberties, once they're taken, it's darn right near impossible, if not impossible, to take them back. So we need to keep them while we have them and then restore the ones that have already been taken for future generations. We got to take it back, you guys. All right. So as a final note, I wanted to share a couple things (coughs) on what we can do. So something uh, Chris Ann Hall said was power without consent is null and void. And you guys have heard me quote Marbury versus Madison. You've heard me quote um, James, I think it's James Wilson, that any law repugnant to the Constitution is null and void. And if we cannot get our sheriffs and our law enforcement and our villages to respect and honor our rights, even when these unlawful, unconstitutional laws are on the books, we must peacefully not comply. We must peacefully resist. And I thought that was really powerful because we have the right to peaceful noncompliance. That's what protest really means. It's nonviolent protest. The violence that we're seeing, those are riots, those are hecklers, 
But that is not peaceful protesting. Peaceful means nonviolent. And I want to remind us, like, I want to really hit home, I guess, this point. Power without consent. If you do not and never gave consent to government having authority or or power over your property, then you need to not comply when it comes to searches, especially illegal ones, unlawful ones without a warrant. We need to be mindful about what privacy really means. In this world of technology, when we're so used to sharing everything online, the second we share it, it becomes public. It's okay to keep things kind of hush-hush. It's not lying. It's protecting privacy. And I want us to think about this differently because we have been conditioned to think that um, not silence, but privacy means we have something to hide. It means we're protecting something from someone that doesn't need to be touching it. That's what privacy is. It means it's none of your gosh darn business what I do on my private property. So we need to peacefully not comply. All right, guys. I wanted to share another couple verses to kind of wrap things up. Um, If I can find them, because I flipped to to a different page and got messed up on my notes. Okay, when, oh, no, 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 that's not what it is. I'm still looking in Acts, so if you have not read Acts, for yourself, I highly recommend it. There's a lot of really good stuff in there. Um, Acts 14, 22 through 23, 22 through 23 says, strengthening the disciples by encouraging them to continue in the faith and by, the, and by telling them it is necessary to go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Oh, sorry, my handwriting got messed up. When when they had appointed elders for them in every church and prayed with fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they believed. So I want to go back and look at that verse right before. Strengthening disciples by encouraging them to continue in the faith and telling them. He he, he was letting them know that there's going to be hardships to enter the kingdom of God. And as we become and and act in being kingdom citizens here on earth, we got to know that it's not going to be all rainbows and sunshines. We're not going to be, you know, pooping um, cotton candy out of our butts. <laughs> it ain't going to happen. There will be hardships, and that's what it means to fight for our liberties. It's not always going to be fun or easy. And yeah, I get that that sucks. And it shouldn't have to be that way. But how can you fully know and appreciate something until you've fought for it? I only wish that our soldiers, our military, knew what was constitutionally protected for them to be fighting for and against. 
this morning I was also reading, or not reading, um, taking one of Kristen Hall's courses, and something she said kind of struck me. Uh, it was kind of an eye-opening moment. She said that we need to stop referring to things as our constitutional right or constitutional or constitutionally being acting constitutionally. And the reason is saying that is saying that the Constitution gives us something. That also then implies that if the Constitution is amendment, amended, it's taking away that thing. But when it comes to our rights and our liberties, the Constitution be, could be fully abolished and we still technically have our God-given natural rights because we're looking at the hierarchy of law and we're reminded that God is our creator, not government. Government is actually our creation. So that means they can't take anything away. Yes, that means getting down and dirty and fighting for what's right and peacefully non-complying, even when people don't understand it. People will think you're crazy, just like people thought Jesus and the apostles or disciples were crazy. It doesn't mean it's not worth fighting for when you know something is true. So I want to go back and repeat some of these quotes. Because I want us to have them in our hearts and in our minds this week as we continue, especially the very first one. Yes, it's long. I'm going to break it down nice and slow. Samuel Adams said, No people will tamely surrender their liberties nor can any be easily subdued when knowledge is diffused and virtue is preserved. On the contrary, <clears throat> when people are universally ignorant and debauched in their manners, they will sink under their own weight without the aid of foreign invaders. And the shortened version by James Madison is the Advancement and diffusion of knowledge is the only guardian of true liberty. And I'll say that one again. Advancement and diffusion of knowledge is the only guardian of true liberty. James Madison also said, Knowledge will forever govern ignorance. And the people who mean to be their own governors must arm themselves with the power which knowledge gives. Anyone who says they are sovereign or want to be sovereign, you must know that knowledge is the key to that self-governance. I don't really believe in, in sovereignty in the way most people think of it because I believe in God. I believe I have a creator, which means that I'm not completely sovereign. Sovereign means to be by and of oneself. I did not make myself. God made me. And so I can't ever be completely sovereign. And I don't want to be. Because that's a scary, lonely road. I want to be self-governing because that's how God designed me to be. Because down here on earth, I do control my own actions. So I do self-govern. That's how I want to be. So if people want to be their own governors, to govern themselves, they must be willing and able to arm themselves with the power that knowledge gives. That's why I invite you guys 
to take that hour a week or an hour a day and switch it over to learning about this stuff. And not just listening to my show for an hour and a half. Because again, I'm just sharing my thoughts on these things. Yes, I share some quotes. But you have to read these things for yourself and make your own deductions. And then the next one by Thomas Jefferson, a well-informed citizenry is the best defense against tyranny. And I hate to see it, to say it, you guys, we are facing tyranny right now. It's, it's what's happening. Whether we like to admit it or not, tyranny happening. We must stop the taking of our rights. Stay tuned. Next week, we will continue this conversation. We will wrap up the First Continental Congress. We'll also talk a little bit about Halloween and why I don't think it's all 100% bad and why I don't think it's all 100% good either. So we have some fun facts coming next week for that. And I hope you guys have an amazing week. This has been the Living with Freedom show on Freedomizer Radio. This is Amber S. from Living with Freedom Ministries. Have a beautiful day and a beautiful week. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.